Appreciate what's been done in the meeting thus far. And all the help that my heart's received. Appreciate all the labor of the church that's been put in. And I know it's been recognized already, but I think it would be a shame uh, as a preacher and a partaker in this meeting not to say thank you for everything that's been done and the labor that's involved, all the ladies and everything that's done, the men, the cleaning, the cooking, and the accommodations. What a blessing it's been for us to be able to come and, and we, we get to come and enjoy and then leave. And uh, the church here has all the preparation and then they have all the, the cleanup and the work after. And uh, we get to enjoy these uh, oasis in the desert, really is what it feels like. In these dry times and dark times, I'm glad there's a place such as this, a church such as this, with a pastor such as this, and preachers such as this, that we can come and sit under the Word of God and our hearts be encouraged and strengthened. And uh, <clears throat> I think there's a great need, and I, uh, I'm all for preaching against sin. If the Lord tells me to do it, I'll do it. But I think there is a great need of exhortation of the people of God in this day. He said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much the more of exhortation. Now, I understand that if we're going to be exhorted, we're going to have to assemble together. This is where that takes place. And so I understand the application can be made to assemble more, but really, in the context, it's to exhort more. And that's part of the charge to the preacher. We're to reprove rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And so I'm grateful to be exhorted, strengthened, and encouraged in these days. And I appreciate everything that's went on, every message, every song, and all the labor. 2 Kings chapter 6. You have a copy of the Word of God this morning. <clears throat> want to turn along with us. 2 Kings chapter 6. I need your prayers this morning that the Lord help me. I feel very unworthy to stand. And as all the preachers stood up, whatever day it was, I looked around. As far as I can tell, I think I'm the youngest one in the crowd. And uh, I just want to be a help and a blessing to you if the Lord will help me. And I need His help this morning. Second Kings chapter 6, I begin reading in verse 1, very familiar scripture. This is what's on my heart for the service, and I'll be brief and move out of the way. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 1, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. Take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. One said, Be content, I pray thee. Go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. When they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick, 
cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I understand and realize how familiar probably this passage of Scripture is to all of us. We probably all heard a lot of preaching over the years from this Scripture. I'll probably not preach or say anything that you've not heard before. This is what's on my heart for the service this morning. I thought about as the Lord began to deal with my heart about this Scripture and all the things that are recorded for us and what's going on here. And I feel like the majority of the time when we have preaching from this Scripture, I'm not being critical at all about it, but we either focus on one or two things. We focus about the statement in verse number 1 that's made by the sons of the prophets that the place is too straight for us. There's been a lot of application, and I, I, I think the application probably can be made. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking it and preaching it that way. But really, they weren't trying to get away from the man of God. They weren't trying to get out of the way. They wanted a place, a bigger place, where they could dwell with the man of God, and they could continue to grow in the things of God. And then the majority of the preaching is on the fact that the axe head fell into the water and that Elisha, through the power of God, recovered the axe head for the man that lost it. But this morning the Lord began to deal with my heart and I want to, He'll help me for just a few minutes, I want to preach on a desire to grow. A desire to grow. All through the Scriptures the Bible commands us, not just... We're not just encouraged, though we are, but we are commanded to grow. In the book of Ephesians, we're, we're told to grow in holiness and in love. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, we're told to grow in faith. In the book of 1 Peter, we're told that we grow through the preaching and the work of the Word of God. In 2 Peter, we're told to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And so this thing of a Christian life, I really think that in our day, many people do not understand what the Christian experience is supposed to be. We have a misunderstanding in our church age that it's like you get saved, that's all there is to it. We bide our time and then we go to heaven. But that's not the way God set it up. This is supposed to be a growing experience. Jesus likened being saved to being born again. And you don't get the final result when you're born. That's only the starting points. Being saved by the grace of God is only the beginning. There is a growth there is a life to be lived in the Lord and it should be natural for the child of God to grow in their Christian walk. You had a child that was born and and you came home from the hospital with that child and then took it back at six months and it hadn't grown any, it would trouble you and it would trouble the doctor and you would spend the rest of your days and all your effort trying to figure out what's wrong keeping your child from growing. But why is it any different in our Christian experience that we spend 10 or 15 or 20 years and we grow none? There's a problem, son. 
somewhere. We ought to spend our efforts and ask God to show us what's impeding our Christian growth. It should be natural for the child of God to grow in this life. That's right. It's not just that we get saved and I'm afraid in this day and I I really, you know, I'm young and I have trouble sometimes but I know that Paul instructed Timothy not to let any man despise his youth and I'm trying this morning to preach by the help of God but I think sometimes we expect as pastors somebody comes to the altar and they get born again and we expect them the next day to be where we've been 20 years down the road. That's not how it works. This is a growing process. There ought to be daily growth in the life of the believer. And just because we've been saved for 15 or 20 or 25 years doesn't mean we've reached the mark. There's still a growth to be had in the life of every believer and child of God. We should want to grow. Do you want to grow this morning? You have a desire to grow. I think the way the Lord's been dealing my heart, I think we can look in the scriptures in 2 Kings chapter 6 and see the fact that these sons of the prophets had a desire to grow. They said, Master, they said the place we dwell is too straight, it's too narrow, it's too compact, it's too cramped. But we need to go somewhere else and build us a bigger place where we can dwell with you and you with us and we can learn and grow in the things of God. They had a desire to grow. Do you? Do you have? I mean, I know here we are on Wednesday morning, the last morning of the meeting. I thought, Lord, is this really what you want? But I can't get away from it. Do you have a desire to grow? I think we can see some things from this scripture. Number one, I just give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. I don't know any other way to do, but it's pleasing to the master for you to want to grow. The Bible said they called him master in the later part of the scripture and it pleased him. They asked his permission. That's why I understand maybe the application, but they didn't bypass the man of God and say we're going to go do what we want to do, grow how we want to grow. I'm afraid in this day there's a lot of people that are quote unquote growing and they're trying to bypass the man of God and bypass the church and the reality is not everything that's getting bigger is growing. We get our eyes sometimes as pastors on other churches that seemingly are growing by leaps and bounds. But the reality is not everything that's getting bigger is growing. Something has to be alive before it can grow. And there's a whole lot of dead things out there and they're not growing, they're swelling. And you let them swell long enough and they'll bust open. And it'll be revealed what they are. And any growth that bypasses the man of God and the word of God and the local New Testament church is not growth, it's death, and it's just swelling. But it, this kind of growth, the right growth, that was done by the man of God under the instruction of God and by the word of God was pleasing to the master. I want to say this morning, your master... And my master, and I'm not talking about the preacher, I'm talking about the Lord. He is well pleased when his children grow in the right manner. 
it's pleasing to him. He said, we want, they said, we want to go. Oh, we want to go down there. Will you give us permission? He said, yeah, you go. And they said, we don't just want to go. We want you to go with us. And he went with them. And he was pleased with their desire to grow. I want to know this morning if the Lord is pleased with your desires. Or do you desire to grow? If you desire to grow this morning, He's pleased with your desire. But then I want to say, not only do we see that growth pleases the Master, but in the Scripture, it's amazing to me, by no coincidence, we see the place where the growth took place. It's amazing, Brother Mullins, that they went to Jordan. That's where they went to grow. They went to that place that speaks of death and division and separation. And that's where the Scripture records that they began to grow. I'm afraid in these days that many of the people of God will not grow because they won't deal right with Jordan. They get saved and then they get brought to that place where they need to die out to their self. You'll remember all, every time in the Word of God that Jordan's ever recorded, it always speaks of death, always dying out to self. It's a place where they crossed over under the leadership of Joshua, landed on Gilgal. On the other side, God said, circumcise them again. For this day I've rolled the reproach of Egypt off from you. I've separated you. I've consecrated you. And you don't belong to Egypt anymore. You belong to me. And I want you to look and act and walk like my people. We get in meetings like this and the preachers preach and it it does real good in our heart and it encourages us and thank God for these. Uh, But when we go back home and God uses what's been done in our hearts this week to bring us to our Jordan, are we going to be like those two and a half tribes and say, no, we'll just settle on this side. I mean, the pastures are good. Our cattle can do good here. Our children can do good here and not realize there's far more out there if we'll just deal with our Jordan ride and go across into the land of Canaan, uh, that land of bliss, that land of promise that is not heaven it's a type of victorious Christian living a type of the abundant life not the life that all this charismatic crowd preaches about but there is a spirit filled life for the child of God if you'll deal with your Jordan in the right way our greatest battle our greatest battle in this life is dealing with our flesh Paul said it was a war in my members. He said it's a law. That means it's not a, a if it happens, it's a when it happens. And when it happens is every day. It's a constant battle. We must die daily. We must be crucified. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. But nevertheless, I live. That doesn't make sense to our mind. But I'm glad God set it up to be that we die out to ourselves and we live unto Christ. That's what Paul said. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But it's Christ who liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Have you come to the Jordan? Has God brought you to that place? He said it's time to let go of some things. It's time to lay aside some things. 
it's time to die out to some things. Has God shown the light on you? Has He illuminated some dark corners in your life? Some things you've tucked away in the closet and thought it wasn't doing any disservice, it wasn't harming anybody. And maybe it wasn't, but when God shines the light on it, it's time to deal with it. And all your friends say there's nothing wrong with it. And all your family says there's nothing wrong with it. And your flesh says there's nothing wrong with it. But if God says there's something wrong with it, there's something wrong with it. And if God says if you don't give it up, if you don't lay it aside, if you don't deal with your Jordan, uh, there'll be no growth. It will impede your growth. Uh, Your nutrient, your intake will not be uh, what it needs to be. And your growth will be stunted and halted in this Christian life. You can't have a child and feed it everything it wants and expect it to grow the right way. We expect, and I'm, I'm not being mean this morning, I'm just preaching what's on my heart. Uh, but folks get saved and they come in the house of God, want the preacher to tell them everything they want to hear. Hey, you can't feed a child candy and cake and, and soda pop and expect it to function and grow and mature the way it needs to grow. Uh, there has to be some sustenance, some nutrition, uh, some things it may not like. Uh, but as the parent, we know it's best for the child and God has to do some things in our life uh, through the preach of the Word of God. Uh, sometimes our flesh don't like it, uh, but I'm glad our Heavenly Father uh, knows what we need uh, to mature and grow and what's best for us. And so the place was Jordan. Then I want to say, according to the Scriptures, and I'm trying my best to hurry and get out of the way, but we have a part in this. You play a part in your growth. The sons of the prophets come, they said, will you let us go down to Jordan and take every man an axe and cut down wood and let's build a place. And the Bible said, he said, yeah, I'll go. Then they said, will you go with us? He said, I'll go. Verse number four, I think it is, said, so they came to Jordan and every man began to cut down wood. They didn't go down there and say, all right, man of God, make all the trees fall. Make them all bark talk. Make them cut up what we need for them to be and then we'll build the place. No, they put forth some effort. They put forth some effort. People say, well, I don't know why I'm growing, not growing. And then they don't show up to church. People say, I don't know why I'm not growing. And then they're not faithful to God. And I'm going to tell you we're living in a day and I think you ought to be faithful to the house of God. But I think we have missed the mark as preachers. And I'm not qualified to preach to preachers this morning, but it's on my heart. I think we've missed the mark. We have pushed and stressed just coming to the house of God. And we have developed a four-wall Christianity. We need to preach again about being faithful to God. And if we're faithful to God on Monday, there'll be no problem being faithful to the house of God on Sunday. Sunday. If we'll read our Bible on Tuesday, uh, there'll be no problem coming to prayer meeting on Wednesday. Uh, we need some faithfulness to God and some men and women to do their part and put forth the effort uh, to grow in this day. There should be an expectation of growth. The man of God should expect his people to grow. Uh, Paul did to the church at Corinth and he said you, you're at the time you should uh, be able to handle the meat but you can't uh, because you've not grown. And he said so I'm going to have to milk feed you again uh, that you may grow in the way that you ought to grow. Amen. We're going to have to put forth some effort. We're going to have to swing the axe a little bit. 
But I'm going to say, if you're going to put forth the effort, and if you're going to deal with your Jordan, and if there's a desire in you to grow, I think just as it was in this Scripture, it's going to be in your life, there's going to be some problems that you're going to encounter as you try to grow. They're down there doing what they know to do, doing what they've been commanded to do, and while they're doing what they know to do, one of them cries because the axe head come off. Now here's the reality in our Christian life. You can preach lots of ways on this. I'm just going to preach it the way the Lord put it on my heart. There's a shame in our day that folks won't admit when they got problems. They try to deal with They try to keep them hid. Try to keep them tucked up. This man could have kept his problem hid. He could have stood down there by the wells with that axe handle and kept us swinging and kept us swinging. And if nobody knew any different, if nobody didn't pay no attention, I mean, it looked like his, I mean, he could have grunted and the sweat could have been running, but all he was doing was just swinging the handle. There was no power. There was no, uh, there was no work being, there was a lot of effort, a lot of motions, a lot of movement, but there's no work being completed because the power had been lost. We can criticize and say why he lost the power. I don't believe it's my lot to preach that this morning. But I know that in this Christian experience, if you purpose in your heart and have a desire to grow and do your best to deal with your Jordan, do your best to put forth your effort, there are going to be problems that come up in your life. Sometimes just weariness in itself can cause us to not strike like we ought to strike. I know that's right. I burn wood at home. And you can think I'm crazy if you want to, but I got a wood splitter in the, in the woodshed, but I don't hardly ever use it. I'd rather swing a go-dell. If it's good straight wood, I can bust it faster than the wood splitter can. But I've learned some things, Brother Buster, about splitting wood. When I get real tired, I won't hit like I ought to hit. It affects us. And so sometimes it do me good. I'm talking about physically, but I think it parallels spiritually. Sometimes it'd do me good to take a break for a minute or two and regain my strength and regain my composure and then try to get up and do it again. I'm afraid in this day, and if we're not careful as preachers, uh, we'll push it and make it worse. Uh, People are doing it. I'm not talking about laziness. You understand what I'm saying this morning. Uh, But sometimes the best, they push and they push and they push. And Paul said not to be weary and well-doing. And if there wasn't a reality that there is weariness, he wouldn't have had to say it. And sometimes it do us good to rest a while in the Lord. I'm not talking about quitting or getting lazy or giving up. But sometimes we need to rest a little bit and get up again and say, God, help me get me strength. Make the mark right. Make my aim right. And swing again. Sometimes overconfidence. I'm just preaching what the Lord says to you this morning. I'm just preaching from my own experience. I busted a whole lot, you know, in a day. and Get up maybe busting a bunch of oak or, or maple. And you got to swing real hard, you know, for them sometimes. And I get to a piece of poplar in the pile and stand it up. And I think, I, I ain't got to swing real hard on this one. And I get real confident, you know. And I let up. I don't give it all to God. And usually one of two things happens. Either I miss it 
or I got to put forth twice the effort the next time because I wouldn't put forth all the effort the first time. And I end up getting more weary because I pulled back than I would have got if I just kept at it. Now I'm not contradicting what I just preached about needing rest. Every once in a while you do need rest. But sometimes our flesh and our mind gets a little too overconfident about this stuff. We come in the house of God, we encounter problems, we think, oh, I can handle this one. And we end up wearing ourselves out if we'd have just went to God the first time and say, Lord, this is a problem. It don't look too big, but I don't have any idea. I just need you to help me with it. Help me to swing right. Help me to aim right. Help me to bear down. Sometimes when you, all you got to do, you just got to get it up. And if you can ever get it started down, just bear down with everything in you and it'll pop apart. Sometimes we got to say, Lord... If you just help me get the head above my shoulder, I'll do all I can when I come down and let the Lord make the mark and let the Lord aim for the target and let the Lord bust her wide open. Sometimes as preachers, and I don't know why, I am not, I don't feel a bit, Brother Ronnie, I don't feel a bit qualified how to preach some of this this morning, but the Lord's telling me to, so I guess the Holy Ghost makes me qualified. Sometimes as preachers, we just we got a lot of trouble. I, I'll say sometimes as a pastor, I got a lot of trouble. Brother Mullins getting it above my shoulder sometimes. Start out with that eight-pound go devil. It ain't too heavy about the first 20 swings. But if you run up on one of them, got a bunch of knots and a bunch of twists and a bunch of curls. It's real. Now I'm talking about physically. Now for me, it's real easy to get in the flesh and want to pick it up and throw it down the hill somewhere and say, forget it. But it'll never reach its potential if I get aggravated and throw it down the hill. And I'm going to tell you sometimes, and I'm just being honest because we live in the flesh and we're people just like they are. Sometimes we get aggravated with folks in the church and we feel like just throwing them down the hill. I don't mean that literally. You understand what I'm talking about. God help me to say, Lord, I'm having a hard time. It do me much better. Instead of getting aggravated and spending all my time frustrated and all my efforts, it'd be much better if I just said, Lord, I'm having a real hard time getting this up above my head. If you just help me get it above my head and if you'll aim where it needs to aim, I'll swing with everything that's in me and I'll let you do the rest. Oh yeah. We all encounter problems. And we're living in a day where the power has been lost by a lot of the people of God. And we need preaching in this day about losing the power. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't stop there. Thank God the story don't stop there. If we're going to preach about losing the power, let's not stop there. But thank God, let's tell them how to get it back again. There's not just a problem, but there's a prescription. There is a remedy for the problem. And the first thing this man had to do was make some recognition. He had to recognize some things. The first thing he said, he said, Master. He said, I can't get it back on my own. And he said, not only can't I get it back, he said, it, it did not belong to me to begin with. He said, it was borrowed. And I sure am not trying this morning. I can't add anything 
to what was preached last night, but I think I was studying last night and again this morning, the Lord speaking to my heart. Brother Buster, I think that's what you was preaching about last night when you got to preaching about that attitude and the approach. We must approach him with the fact that we don't own the right to go back there. He gave us the right to go back there. We don't own the power. We don't have a patent on the power. There's a whole lot of preachers and a whole lot of churches act like they have a patent on the power. And really what it is, they got a false power and they got a light switch they can flip and flip it on and flip it off. But that ain't the power we need in this day. We got to recognize, first of all, there is a problem. Lord, I've lost it. It don't matter what went wrong. Now I'm not, you understand, it doesn't matter. There's a there is a prescription. There's a remedy to get the power back. But it'll take a divine work because it's out of your reach. Now there at the Jordan, I, I used to read this scripture and preach this scripture and in my mind, I don't know why, always, you know, in my mind, the picture, we, you always get a picture, and I thought, there's by some pond, you know, a still body of water, but that ain't where they were, that's beside the river. Swift moving water. And if it had just went over yonder and fell right up next to the shore, he wouldn't have had no problem reaching over there and getting it. But apparently it was beyond his power to get it back again. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you lose the power, it's beyond your ability to get it back on your own. But I'm glad that it's not beyond His ability to get it back for us. And the man knew where to go. He said, Master, that same one that was pleased with His growth, that same one He is doing His best to try for, it, the same one He is trying His best to please, and the problem just come." Whatever the problem is, the problem comes. Let's not focus too much on the problem. Let's focus on how to fix it. The man of God cut down a stick. That word stick is, is translated tree the most of the time in the Word of God. And I'm glad for what was done on a tree be the remedy. The power that was purchased and provided by the tree will be the remedy to get back what you've lost. And he cast it in. And the Bible says that the iron did swim. Now, you can think I'm far out there and I probably am. But this is the way the Lord put it in my heart. If they're in running water, and it is not just at the shore where it is in his ability to reach out and take it, but it must be somewhere way out yonder in the middle of the river. But when it's all said and done, the man of God says, reach out your hand and take it. So what was done through the power of that tree, when the man admitted and recognized he had a problem, and recognize the fact he couldn't fix the problem by himself, then the master stepped in and made what he lost come within reach of where he could get it. So I think that word is literally that the axe head swam to the shore. And the man of God said there, just reach out your hand and take it. 
I'm going to tell you this morning, if you've got a desire to grow, there are going to be some problems. There are going to be some days, despite whatever the reason, that the axe head's going to come off. And it's going to be way out yonder in the middle of the river. And you're standing there without help, thinking you're without help and without hope to get it back. But if we'll just go to the Master and say, Lord, I got a problem. I'm sorry I got the problem, but I got the problem. And I just want it back. Lord, I've lost what I had. And I want it back. Lord, I lost my tears. And I want them back. Lord, I lost my prayer life. And I want it back. I lost my joy. And I want it back. I lost my shout. And I want it back. I lost the power. And I want it back. I'm glad when we get real honest with the Master. He brings things that are out of our reach within our reach. He says, just reach out your hand and take it to yourself. He didn't ask nobody else to get it for Him. We can't get it for anybody else and they can't get it for us. But if we get honest with God, He'll bring it within reach for us. And we can have it back again. And we can go on and continue growing in the Lord. I don't know what you need this morning, but I'm glad the Lord has the fix for whatever the problem, wherever you find yourself in this Christian life. I'm glad He has the remedy for what's wrong in your life. I'm done, preacher.